walking while people are walking, amen? You know, we thank God for what he's doing in our midst, don't we? We don't take it for granted. That's four, first four people. We don't take for granted what God's doing. You know, it's exciting times in which we find ourselves. But, you know, there's one thing I kind of discovered over a period of time is that God is a God who forms things. He doesn't leave it half-baked. He doesn't leave it uncooked. If you look at it from Genesis, it turns around and says, and God formed man from the dust of the ground. And when he formed him, he looked and said, it's good. He wasn't finished, was he? He wasn't just left half-baked. He took it all the way through to completion. Jeremiah's perspective of God was to say that he was the potter. And he saw the way that God took the clay and he formed it into a vessel which was good. God forms things and doesn't leave it half done. The final one in Zechariah chapter 12 and verse 1 declares this. Thus declares the Lord who stretched out the heavens and lays the foundations of the earth. He forms the spirit of a man within him. So not only is he forming the man, he wants to form what's on the inside of you. He wants to form what's on the inside of you and me this morning. Is that all right? Now, like we said, he doesn't leave things half finished. He goes all the way. Now, I know it's warm. I know already that you're a little bit distracted, that some people's been prayed for and not been prayed for. Some people's thinking, what was this morning all about? And what did that mean to me? So I knew you were already going to be distracted. So because you're going to be distracted, I have with me a secret weapon. My secret weapon is what they call fantastic double chocolate fudge cake, which is on a first come, first serve basis, and if I think you're actually, you're on the page, you're sticking with me, there might be just a piece of cake in it for you this morning. Does that sound all right? Well, it's amazing that got more of an amen than God forms inside of you. I tell you, but you know, this, this scripture from Colossians declares this, Colossians 1.28. We proclaim him admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom so that we may present every man complete in Christ. How, how much complete? Does that mean th uh, three quarters will do? Or a half measure? Or a little bit? Or you're just falling over the line? What we call to be complete. We're called to be complete in him. There's no um, different sidestepping the issue. He wants us to go all the way. Now, the thing is, I'll need to jump around a little bit this morning, and that's fine, because we thank God for what he's been doing. But, you know, the scripture tells us that he has given us everything we need for life and godliness. What's he given us? So he wants to make us complete, that we see that God's a forming God, and he has given us everything we need for Life and godliness, which means there are no aspects of your life where God can't get intervened. God can't get involved. In your natural part of your life, God wants to get involved. In the spiritual aspects of your life, God wants to get involved. He wants to form you. He wants to make you. He wants to bring you through. Now, back in the day when I was just a little boy, my dad loved to do puzzles. He loved word searches, crosswords, all the stuff. But every now and then, he'd turn up, and you always knew he'd have that box under his arm. He'd come walking through the front door, and it was, get the hardboard, because he always had a big piece of hardboard behind the sofa. And you know what that was for? The 5,000-piece jigsaw. So he'd get the jigsaw, and you pour all the pieces of the box onto your big piece of hardboard. Anybody have a dad like my dad? Get the table out, and he'd say, right, kids, this is the way it is. 
you find the straight bits and you find the four corners. So you'd have to find the straight bits, get the four corners and you tip over the box front and you'd look at the picture because that was the pattern you needed to follow. And then my dad, because you could tell he was a military man, my dad, he'd turn around and say, right now we've got to have a strategy of putting this jigsaw together. You find all the blue bits, you find all the brown bits, you find the green bits. And it was only a picture of a boat, but you find all these bits and you'd have everybody breaking down the bits to always get the pieces of the puzzle. And you're going, right, now we're building the trees, so get the brown bits and the green bits. And it was all like a big family adventure of how to do this jigsaw. The only thing was, my dad was a bit of a cheapskate. And because he was a bit of a cheapskate, the reason he came with that box under his arm is he'd been down to the local jumble sale and bought it. So guess what happened? Every time you wanted to finish the jigsaw, there was always a... Oh, is a bit missing. Correct. Absolutely. Now, as God is looking to build you and I, there cannot be bits missing. Is that simple? Is that simple for us this morning? You see, as we walk and as we mature and we grow in God, we all realize that not everything is complete. We understand that there are bits missing. But guess what? That wasn't because God didn't put the bits in the box. It's because you and I have not learned to either apply a certain truth yet or God is revealing truth to us that we're taking on and building line upon line, precept upon precept. Would that be fair? But if you remember, pastor labored for months about the Calvary software package that once God downloads something into your life, as you grow and you mature, you open, you click on the icon and more gets revealed and more gets revealed and he builds round and round and round. But, you know, I love the story from Acts chapter 3. It's a story of when Peter goes into the temple. And he goes in the temple every day. So they go at the time of prayer and they go into worship. And he walks past the man. And when he walks past the man, there is a cripple who's been there at the gate beautiful. He's been a cripple all of his life, the Bible says. Acts chapter 3. And he walks past him. The man looks at him and he goes, arms, arms. So he's begging. He's begging because there's no way for this man to take care of himself. He's got no way to make sure that his life can be looked after. If people don't show charity to him, he's going to die because he's got nothing. The only way he's got is to live on charity. So he's begging that Peter gives him something. And the scripture says, and Peter caught the man's gaze and the man gave his attention back because he believed he was going to receive something from Peter. And Peter declares, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, walk. He takes him by the hand and the scripture says the man jumps to his feet. He starts to celebrate and scream. I think I would. Wouldn't that be you? You just think he's grown up. He's been the boy who sat on the step and watched everybody else play. He's seen the kids playing tiki, hide and seek, running around. All of his life, he's had to have the handout. People pick him up. His friends and family carry him. Somebody texts him daily and drops him in the temple just so that he can try and survive. And he has that moment where he has the God encounter. God breaks through and his life changes in an instant. But the comment was this, silver and gold I do not have. I'm sorry, I beg to differ. Peter had his fishing businesses. I do believe he had a few coppers in his pocket. But the statement was this. If I give you some silver or gold today, what changed? What changed today was that you may have been fed or you had your bus fare for getting home. What he said was, what I have who is in me that I give to you will change your state completely and make you transformed and changed in a moment. That is the God that we serve. Now, here's an instant. I was praying, I was telling pastor about it. You know, I said it wasn't all a, a woe is me moment. 
but I was reminded of something. I was praying, I was having a good time in God, the spirit was moving. And then God made this statement, the Holy Ghost, I heard the clarity of his voice speaking to me. He said, Phil, why do you misrepresent me? Oh, and then, you know, when you start looking over your own shoulder, but you know, there's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to hide. And what he said was, we have a message of the kingdom. We declare a kingdom king. We say that our God is a healing God. We say that our God is a God of breakthrough. We say that there is nothing too difficult for our God. We say that our God can accomplish all things. We say that our God is a city transformer. We say that families can be transformed. We say that finance and resource and everything that we're going to need is going to come online. Do we not? And God said, well, why don't you do it? Why do you misrepresent me? Because this is who I am. But at times we represent this God that doesn't do anything. But God is a God of complete work. He's the one who takes us from start to finish. Now, I do believe that wasn't a word to bring me into conviction, to push me on, the, on my face. It was a word that drew me again that says, oh, my God, I need to meet the fire. Lord, I need to meet you in a new way. Lord God, Father, there can't be any lack. Everything that I've been thinking of, Lord God, you've got to build it inside of me. You've got to push it through. Now, I'll tell you a story, and this is a true story. When Pastor Tony and I were over in Malaysia just a few weeks ago, uh, we went to a little town called Malacca. It was a Sunday. We got the afternoon off. We'd already prepared all the training. So when pastor's been telling you about whether you be uh, a saint, a servant, a soldier, or a son, we'd already strategically planned that. We'd gone over it. This is what we want to achieve. This is what we want to see God doing. And we just had the afternoon off. And it was a day just to turn your brains off. And we decided to go to Malacca. So we got down with the locals. We got on the bus. We could have got a cab, but we got on the bus. And when we're on the bus, it was like sardines best time. I'm telling you, it was absolutely wonderful. You thought there is no way that any more people can get on this bus. But more people got on the bus. So they just decided if we open the doors and people are hanging out, half of their bodies out the door, that's still okay. Now it was all right because I had a seat, so I was, I was doing fine. But we're on that bus, and when we're on the bus, my eyes caught this guy. The reason it caught, he was only a young guy, maybe about 12 or 13 years of age. It's about right, isn't it? about 12 or 13 years of age. And his body language caused me to notice him. You know, everybody's on the bus, but my eyes caught him. And the reason being, he kept like, you know, he's stroking his nose and his hair and, and all this kind of stuff. And what happened was, was he removed his hand away from his face. And when he did, he had this awful facial disfigurement. It was here like his, his teeth came right down and his face protruded and his lip was pushed up and his nose was twisted. And something inside me just cried out that said, my God, because you thought in the environment he's in, he's in a third world country. What's the chances of that guy ever getting the touch that he needs? And then you start thinking, I was thinking to myself, will he ever get the opportunity to be married? Will he know the joy of having children and all the stuff that come through? This disfigurement would hold him back. And the compassion came out and you thought, if we could just touch him, Lord, he just needs that touch from you. And I looked at my own hands and to my own shame, I thought, but there's nothing there. The realization was he needed to touch the king of kings or the king of kings needed to touch him. And if he was going to use me, there wasn't an awful lot left in the account. See, we can say things and we can prophesy and we can preach and we can witness. But a time when the rubber hit the road... We came to a place of saying there was somebody who was desperate for a touch. And 
you kind of look the other way because there was nothing in there. Now, that's not to beat us up. It's a place of saying, if God is calling us to the city, which I believe he is, if he's calling the church to rise, if he's calling us to go through those training stages of God allowing us to be touched and transformed, in that, there will be something in these hands. And not just my hands, there'll be something in your hands also, amen? God's looking to change us and pull us through. You know, the scripture declares this when it comes to training in Psalm 144 and verse 1. Blessed be the Lord my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. So we said God's in the forming and he's in the training business. And then when he's trained me, it says this in Psalm 18 verse 29. For by you I can run against a troop and with my God I can leap over a wall. So what does that mean? I can advance against a troop. When they feel that you've been overwhelmed, when you feel that the obstacle before you is just too big, when you feel that I can't get past it, and you feel that you're always being pushed back because the odds are always stacked against you. As God starts to put his hand on you, we turn the day and say, do you know what? I'm going to bring terror to terror. That which has pushed me back, I'm going to push back. Something starts to rise inside of you and say, my God, with Christ is for me, who can be against me? And we start to push back. Why? Because his hand has been upon me. He started to train me and build me in the same effect. When I look at the obstacle of a wall, I think I can never get over that. I can't get over my bitterness. I can't get over my abuse. I can't get over the way that I was treated. I can't get over the way that my life has come through. I can't get over my, uh, the miscarriage. I can't get over the place where I should have been divorced or could have been divorced. All of those things. The obstacles seem so great. But with my God, I can scale a wall. I can advance against the troop. I can scale a wall. I love the scripture that turns around if you read it and continue to read on. And it says, through my God, he strengthens my arm so I can bend a bow, a bow of bronze. You know, we get in heavy artillery when God gets hold of us. We start to push and develop in different areas. He's the one who takes hold of us, church. But, you know, the wonderful thing is this, and I'll make a few statements very quickly this morning. That every single one of us in this room is a saint and a servant of the King of Kings. We are priests and kings of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We have the ability, the right, the DNA, and the calling of God to be kingdom manifestors in the marketplace as well as in the church. We are the people of God who can be and should be activated with the gifts and full of the Holy Ghost. We have the privilege to be able to demonstrate and work in his works and his words. We are the people that can hold the purposes of Jesus Christ and extend the kingdom from where he left off. Church, don't settle for being a local hero. Don't settle for trying to be a big fish in a small pond where you go, yeah, I'm moving the gifts. Yeah, I can prophesy. Yeah, I get to preach every now and then. Yeah, Pastor Tony spoke to me. What difference did that make? Don't settle. Don't die trying to be a local hero. We're the people who press on, who push in. And every day we say, my God, Father, we need more of you. We need a greater touch. My God, why? Because you won't leave me unfinished. If you wonder what that itch is that you can't scratch, because God won't leave you unfinished. If you wonder why, why God am I thinking this way? He won't leave you unfinished. Why? Because he has a purpose to fulfill and there's a, there's a work to be finished. He's calling us to action. He's calling us whether you like it or not, or whether you understand. He's calling us outside of the walls of this house. 
We're going outside to see things change. We're going to see people healed on the streets. We're going to see people transformed and saved in a moment. We're going to see uh, demons cast out. We're going to see everything that God declared we can have. We're going to have it. Now, Pastor declared this morning, uh, this morning, wasn't it, about the promise. Though it lingers, wait for it, for it will surely come. And Abraham, it was credited to him as righteousness and faith when he waited and he believed the promise of God. What are the promises of God that he's spoken over you? What are the promises that he's spoken over this house? He will not leave it uncompleted. He's going all the way. He's pushing us through. Amen. He's laying hold of us more and more. Now, here's the thing. I promise you, didn't I? I'm, I'm trying to see. Has anybody been paying attention? Anybody been with me? Three amens or more. Might get you a little vote towards our cake. Amen. So we're pushing through. So we're still on. Remember, double chocolate fudge cake. It's all the way. It's, it's, I can see you don't. It's dripping. It's all ready. Moment on the lips. I'm saying no more. But all that chocolate cake, it's pushing through for you. Amen. So is there anybody? Is anybody want to be part of our first come, first served taste cakers or case, take, tasters of our cake? Is there anybody? It's still, it's around me. It's, it's sugar. Is there anybody who wants any of our cake? Are, are you all going, no, we're on a diet. We're all being good. It's Sunday. I'm saving it for the coffee shop. Is there anybody who wants any cake? So Dormas, there's a few. There's a few. Right. Okay. Right. So it's, we're all ready. We've got our wonderful cake. It's all here for you. We've got our cake. It's called the law of the cake. Right. So who's ready for some wonderful double chocolate fudge cake? It's got every kind of E number you can think of. It'll have you jumping around all afternoon. All you need is two eggs. So there it is. Wonderful. Would anybody like a slice or a little portion of my cake that I have here right now? Right. So, yeah. No. Why not? What do you mean? It's cake. It's cake. It's a picture of cake on the box. What do you mean it's not finished? It's cake. It's got a picture of cake on the box. Well, I, hang on a minute. Oh, 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 hang on a minute. I, can, I went in Morrison's, and I might be a man. <laughs> I might be a man, but I went, and I went, I want a cake. And I picked up this. That's a cake. As far as I'm concerned, that is a cake. It's a cake. Excuse me, ladies. I went yesterday on my own. I was uh, unable to be chaperoned by my wife into the store just to show me where the aisle was, and I bought some cake. There's no problem. That is double chocolate fudge cake. It tells you on the front. Double chocolate fudge cake. All there, ready to be snaffled down. Oh, it's a kit. Oh. Right, so let me understand something here. You're telling me that I can have all of the ingredients in the box, but still not end up with an end result? All right. So... Everything that we need for life and godliness can actually already be in you, but we've not become demonstrators. Is that what we're talking about? So why haven't we become demonstrators? Because surely everything we need for life and godliness has already been given us. We just need to add a few bits, John. (laughs) We needed just to add a few bits. Sorry, Dawn, you didn't shout loud enough. (laughs) can you give me 10 minutes 10 minutes and i'll tell you about the law of the cake law of the cake works this remember what we've said god leaves nothing unfinished he forms us he molds us and we have 
and called to be made complete in Christ. Amen. So let's have a look at the law of the cake. Some basic problems when making cake. Number one, it lacks body or structure. And I was doing my best research, and I was told from my best research, the reason that your cake lacks body and has no structure is because it has excessive mixing and insufficient water. So when you think, you always think to yourself, this type of people, you never really get on the starting line. You always talk yourself in, and then you talk yourself back again. These people love the atmosphere of the Holy Spirit, but yet have no understanding of how to stir the gift within themselves and how to draw water from the rock. Number two, poor flavor. Poor flavor, you don't taste very good. Again, seems to be quite a popular thing, this. Improper mixing. You're not clean. You have faulty baking conditions. And your cleaning equipment has not been used correctly. You want to rush process, skip basic stages as you think they're not important. Spiritual hygiene, being washed in the word, repentance and clean hands can all be rushed. The next one. You're crusty, shiny and sticky. I sound like Jamie Oliver right now, don't I? I'm doing it all good. Your temperature is too cool. You have not been baked long enough and you have too much sugar. They love the life of worship, yet only are really ever moved in the area of their soul. They have too much sugar. Everything is a love chamber experience and their understanding of God is only the perspective of his love. God never disciplines, and they carry a warped perspective of the grace that covers over everything. Coarse or irregular grain, improper mixing, a stiff batter, and a careless or poor depositing of what has been given. Best described as slapdash at best. These are my own descriptions, as you can tell. Best described as slapdash at best. They go through the motions and see no value in the building or mixing process. And they never stay under the hand of God long enough to be changed. What about the off-color cake? These are all, I tell you, these are all literal translations. Wrong mixing, oven too cool, baked too slowly, and again, your equipment is unclean. The culmination of many things. They are not built or assembled properly and they can't seem to sustain a clean walk and they live on the peripheries of God. Oh, I like the next two and then we're finished. My cake falls apart. Too much baking powder or soda, sugar or fat, wrong mixing and the oven temperature is too low. They have all of the right ingredients have been uh, added, yet an overemphasis in one or more area will stop them from moving forward. They don't put themselves under the hand of God and will often fall apart whilst under pressure. My cake didn't rise. These are all questions you can ask Google. My cake didn't rise. Improper mixing, butter and eggs are at the wrong temperature, too much or too little fat, too little baking powder, or my baking powder is too old. My oven temperature is too hot and my pan size is wrong. It's a wrong or false expectation. The process has never been finished. 
you add the wrong things in your life at the wrong time and you miss your moment. It said that your baking powder was too old. There is always a shelf life of when God starts speaking to you. And you try and pull everything together in the heat of battle only to find that your vessel was not formed correctly. The law of the cake. We already turned around and said that we can have all of the ingredients, but if we don't put ourselves under the hand, if we're not mixed properly, if we don't add the water of the word that allows the mixture to be brought through. See, there's lots of different cakes and lots of things you can make in, from the chocolate fudge cake all the way through to a really uh, light fairy cake, and you whip air into it so that it has... I sound like I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it has all this kind of uh, body to it, and it's really light and everything that, that comes through. And in our lives, we can see so many of us in church where we've all... Worked. You know where I didn't go to? I didn't go to the cakes that says, and let's say about those that have been burnt. Burnt on the outside, unformed on the inside. Do your own research on that one. But seriously, we have a God who longs to have us made complete. This morning was just another touch where God said, where there's a missing part, let's bring it back online. If there's something that's been lying dormant, let's bring it back online. Let's speak life. Let's speak uh, the word. Let's start to bring things into operation. Let's start to see how God can arrest us. He can build us through. Shapers and molders. You know, you see some of those programs on TV, you know, Cake King and all these things, where they make these awesome cakes that may be like eight foot high. And it's abs you think, where does the, the kind of creativity come from from stuff like this? A cake is nothing compared to what God wants to do in and through you. He's building us, he's forming us, but he's already told us he has left nothing that we don't need. Everything we need for life and godliness has already been laid up. Whether it's in the word, it's spoken through the lives of another, we start to lay hold of things, but we build precepts upon precepts. But the cry of God and the cry of this house is, let's not have a bunch of unfinished people. Let's have people that say, do you know what? When it comes to it and I'm pressed, I will be one with something in my hands. I will be one that can advance against a troop. I will be one that can go over my obstacle, the wall. I'm not going to allow those things to hold me back any longer. I'm the one that can, uh, that can declare, my God, Father, you have caused my hands to be trained and my fingers for war. That, Lord God, Father, we're going all the way with you. That, Lord God, Father, you don't need to leave us unfinished. You know, the wonderful thing, and with this I finish, the great story of David, Tony, uh, uh, Kevin and I were talking about it just the other day. The story of David was this. We always remember how David slew the giant, don't we? David took down Goliath. You know, the wonderful thing was when the men who came, who were disenchanted, who were poor, who were skillless, who had nothing, David raised up an army of 400 men to be his mighty men. And guess what he trained them to do? Slay giants. There was five giants in the land. That's why David had five stones in his pocket. He said that if I take down Goliath and you want to bring your mates, well, you better bring them on because I'm all right today. There was four more giants to slay and they had to wait for a time in history. You read through the story and the life of David. Each one of the men he raised took down any one of the four giants that were remaining. What he was trained to do, you're trained to do because you too are priests and kings. Amen. It tells us in Ephesians 4 that the ministry of the Ephesians 4 ministry is to raise the church for gifts and service of ministry. Amen. So that we all do the same thing. So come on church, let's stand to our feet. I know we've had to rush through it this morning. But hopefully you've just got just a general sense of what we're doing. So come on church, let's raise those holy hands. Just for a moment. Just for a moment. Let's just seal. Seal what God's been doing. Not just the word to us today, but let's just seal that word. 
ladies, you know, you can start to say, Father, thank you for that seed that was placed inside me again. The fire of the Holy Ghost that starts to pull. Come on, church, start to raise your voices to the King of Kings. Let your spiritual, spiritual language start just to be activated now as you thank him. Let's not be an ungrateful people. Get so familiar with just coming in and coming out. But Father God, I pray this morning that, Lord God, Father, your word declares, Lord God, Father, you make us complete in Christ. That, Father, Paul labored with all his energies, Lord God, Father, so that we could go all the way. And my God, Father, I pray that you, uh, you cause us to lack nothing today. That, Lord God, I pray that what's been held back will be held back no longer. I pray, my God, Father, for revelation and understanding. I pray, Father God, that you will cause us to be activated in our spirits again. I pray, Lord God, you'll cause our spirit man to be built. That, Lord God, we thank you for your word from Zechariah that says, You form the spirit man inside of us, Lord God. Father, you form the outside, now form the inside. Lord God, Father, we give you permission to go all the way. We give you permission to do what you're saying. And, Lord God, we bring our will in line with yours. And we say, Lord God, not our will, but your will. Oh, my God, Father, your word declares that no good thing will you withhold from those whose walk is upright or blameless. Lord God, Father, we've been made upright in you in Jesus Christ this morning. And Lord God, Father, I pray we call everything into alignment right now. That, Lord God, there will be no lack in this house. Oh, my God, Father, we pray for a breakthrough. We pray, Lord God, Father, there will be pockets rising in this house, Lord God. There will be prophets starting to rise. There will be men and women who can teach. Lord God, Father, we pray for workers of miracles. We pray, Lord God, Father, those who, Lord God, Father, can break out with words of knowledge into the house. Those, Lord God, Father, who won't just do it in the house, but start to take it outside of the house as well. Oh, my God, Father, you're calling us to the city. You're calling us to greater things. Oh, my God, Father, we choose to come out of caves this morning. Lord God, from our caves, from our dens. Oh, Lord God, and strongholds. Lord God, we polarize around what you're saying. And my God, we declare in Jesus' name this morning that we are a people in your hands. Form us, Lord. Make us. Bring us through to the place called Finish. And the people of God said, Amen. 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 Bless your name. Bless him. Next week, because the dates are wrong, next week, what I'll do is I'll be able to show you that are people who are changed, what they're called to do, and how you can do it. Amen? Amen. So bless you. Coffee shop's open. Just bear one moment. Just take your seat a minute. Just give an announcement. Um, some of you may, uh, some of you have been asking about David and Beatrice.